Hello, gentlemen. All right. Let's Rock roll. and roll, Jazz. What's up? Good old music intro, and then we'll be good to go. Welcome, folks, back to Sheck Sports. Thanks for joining me on Super Bowl Sunday. I think myself and my two guests can agree it's one of the best days of the sports calendar probably of the year. Um, and great to see that we made it after a – well, after a year that we have never seen before, at least in our lifetimes, but we made it. Uh, I decided to bring back not only two of my guests that are usually on a lot, but I would say my two football guru guests, Pat Godfrey and Corey Glock. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks a lot. I'm, uh, I'm yeah. very grateful to be able to spend this beautiful holiday with you, with you gentlemen. Yeah, thanks, Dan Calder. Um, I know it's been a crazy, uneventful year, but um, glad it uh, we got through it. And uh, in a way, it's a celebration of of you know sports and football. And uh, what a day to uh, close it down. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, very happy you guys are here. So um, we'll start off first. I, I know we want to talk about the Super Bowl, but I want to reflect a little bit on the playoffs and uh, what I've called kind of a uh, unprecedented year of professional veteran and top quarterbacks that are leaving teams, going to other teams. There's news about Carson Wentz, which um, is very interesting, obviously, after Doug Peterson has left. But first of all, okay, Aaron Rodgers voted the MVP of the season. He was one of my votes. Uh, funny enough, he also, you know, uh, told everyone he's engaged. Um, so congrats to Aaron, but probably for me, in my opinion, it was the worst disappointment. I think of the playoffs because you're, first of all, you're at home at Lambeau field. He never had that before in his career. Second, you're playing Tom Brady who gave away three interceptions and third of all, you know, there was that play where they didn't go for it on fourth down with, I think two minutes to go. Um, to me, I think if things were different, we would have been seeing a Super Bowl featuring Aaron Rodgers against Mahomes. But either way, we'll start off with you, Corey, and then we'll go to Pat. Um, what was your takeaway from that game? Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of hype going into it. Um, you know, Brady versus Rodgers, um, Clash of the Titans. Um, of course, Brady being the AFC, now coming the NFC this year. So, real clash of you know the NFC top quarterbacks. Um Again, I was really um, – it was a pretty competitive game throughout most of the game. Uh, Tampa Bay had a pretty good lead. But, of course, Aaron Rodgers, Lambeau, he's not going to, you know, pull away like that. Um, I agree. I also was kind of shocked and a little bit disappointed they weren't aggressive enough to go for that touchdown. Um, you know, fourth and goal. And then, you know, two minutes or so left. I mean, what's the field goal going to do? You're still down by a touchdown. Um, so I thought they should have gone for it. I mean, okay, they don't get it. So they back up uh, Brady, then 10, 15 yard line. Um, but at the end of the day, it just shows how Tom Brady is really the GOAT. I mean, he got three turnovers. Um, Green Bay, you know, was, was coming right on their doorsteps, but he was able to, you know, rally the troops and pull his team together and close out the win. So um, disappointing for Green Bay, but it just. Um, realizes how good Tom Brady is when the chips are down, he can still find a way to pull it out. So uh, great game, but I was hoping for Green Bay to win, but in a day Tom Brady won and um, he's a good for that reason. Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of that analysis there, but really my biggest takeaway wasn't necessarily about Brady's play, but more so the Brady effect. And um, mm -hmm. th I think that game was the, this is really a team that could could win the Super Bowl, could beat the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. um, going into you know conference championship Sunday, first off, I never would have thought that the Bucks would have you know made it through Lambeau, um, and when when they're able to, and in the fashion that they did, they actually gave me a lot of confidence going into the Super Bowl for this very reason. Tom Brady did not play a perfect game by by any measure. Uh, in, in the conference championship. He did some really good things and, uh, you know, showed you some things you really like to see out of an older quarterback, namely driving the ball downfield with accuracy. Um, so all that is definitely encouraging as a Bucks fan. 
But at the same time, he, he made some, some costly errors, um, three interceptions, obviously, and the Bucks were able to overcome them against a really good team on the road. Normally, if you would have told Tom Brady, you're going to go on the road into Lambeau Field against the number one seeded Packers, and you're going to throw three interceptions, he is expecting to be sitting at home watching the Super Bowl like the rest of us. And uh, the fact that they're able to make it past that really shows me that this Bucks team is playing as a, as a unit. It's really not a one-man band, and it's, it's a natural tendency for us to want to boil it down to Tom Brady. But I think if you look at that defense, um, top to bottom, you know, Leonard Fournette is running like a, a new man right now. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people thought when he left Jacksonville that maybe he was running out of gas a little bit and that he wasn't the guy who was drafted so, uh, so high, highly out of LSU. Now he, he's really playing like that running back uh, once again. So there's a lot of encouraging things, and namely how well that team was able to rally around Brady, bail him out of those costly mistakes, and still be playing today. Yeah, two amazing points. I love the analysis overall. Really strong. And we'll get to our picks later, who's going to win today. But uh, for me, a telling sign of who I think is going to win is kind of what you both just summarized, the way they were able to – play strong and take care of business. Um, we'll cover two more points from last night's NFL honors. Uh, I, we'll, we'll, we'll start off Corey with you on this one. Um, comeback player of the year. I don't think it was a surprise to a lot of people. Uh, Alex Smith, the Washington football club, pretty inspirational story um, because a lot of people might not have been able to come back, but he put in everything to overcome an injury um, and we know that this division of football is always up in the air. Um, but it was great to see a, a veteran take over a, a team that's had a lot of uh, changes this season. And also shout out to Ron Rivera. Unbelievable news that he's cancer free. I actually really think that Ron Rivera is the best fit for Washington right now to, for a cultural change and to give them success. But yeah, Corey, what was your thoughts about uh, Alex Smith's award for comeback player of the year? Yeah, I mean, like everyone like saying, you know, it's truly inspirational. And uh, I can't think of another athlete that sort of came back in this fashion, the way his injury was and to put in the work, um, the time, the dedication, and just have the belief and the hope that he could come back and be able to play football again, not just, you know, start a game, you know, win some games, take them to the playoffs, but even play a football game, professional game. Just after a year and a half, that gruesome injury, I think it's just inspirational that um, no matter what, anything can happen in life, as long as you fight back and believe and have courage and support that anything is possible. Um, I do agree that Rivera is a good fit. Um, I would like the ownership to change sort of bit. Um, but <laughs> I mean, I think even with, um, with Smith's you know, play, even though I didn't get to play in the playoff game against the Buccaneers, but just that inspiration, that hope, and that. Uh, leadership to pull a team together, you know, like I said, change, not just the name change, but just overall culture and things kind of in development right now. Um, I think it's hopefully a good sign in the future. Um, next, whether Alex Smith plays next year or not, um, I think this, this year sort of um, everything with, you know, with COVID and everything going on that he was able to kind of be an inspiration and an example of he went through, not just COVID and everything else, but his own personal injuries, hardships, and that he was able to get through it and battle through it all and somehow win some games with the Washington football team. And uh, very inspirational to other guys on both sides of the football and the fans and the organization. So I thought you had a wonderful year. Um, just even playing football uh, would happen. And uh, looking forward to the future for Washington football team. Um, definitely. Yeah, I really agree with that analysis there, Corey. And, um, you know, ultimately, I, I always do hate having to refer to them as the Washington football team. I think it's time to commit to a mascot. Mm -hmm. uh, besides <laughs> the point, um, both <laughs> stories just incredibly inspirational. Um, Alex Smith, uh, that, that there's probably going to be a movie about what happened to him and how he overcame mm -hmm. that uh, down the line. So I don't think you pick two better guys um, as much as it does hurt me to, to applaud members of that team down <laughs> in Washington as a New York Giant football fan. Yeah. 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 I agree. And then Pat, I'll, I'll ship this question to you and then we can hear from Corey as well. Um, obviously again, I, I wish this guy was on our giants cause we could use him, even though I think our defensive 
unit had a pretty good season. Uh, Chase Young was obviously the defensive rookie of the year. And uh, it's, uh, I think uh, at the end of the day, I mean, look, he's from Ohio State. I pulled up other defensive rookies of the year. Both of the Bosa brothers were at Ohio State. Marshawn Lattimore. Um, We don't want to shift to a huge college talk. But again, I mean, it seems like, again, that, you know, without mentioning the whole Michigan rivalry, like Lee Corzo said time and time again, Ohio State is just amazing at just developing talent and building leaders for the game. Um, I mean, any thoughts on that? Because, again, I mean, it, it just, again, Ohio State, they, especially on the defensive end, they they could do this, I feel like, all day is just bring in these really good young defensive backs, and it doesn't seem like they're going to stop anytime soon. Um, yeah, it's really unprecedented what we're seeing happen, uh, you know, coming out of Ohio State in the NFL right now. Um, it's a testament to really just that that, that overall program. Um, there's There's been some attrition on the coaching staff uh, and, and some turnover. Um, I believe their, uh, their defensive coordinator actually just stepped down, their co-defense coordinator. Um, so there's been some, some turnover on the staff, but year in and year out, they really just churn out top quality NFL talent. And I think a lot of it's just attributable to the, the level that you accrued at, at an Ohio, at an Ohio state. Um, very few programs can match them. And really, I think when you're talking about NFL chops, the only, only program that belongs in the same conversation as Ohio state is Alabama with what they've been able to do under Nick Saban. Um, but yeah, just uh, re- really impressive. And I don't think this came as a surprise to anybody who got to watch Chase Young as a college football player. Yeah. Yeah, I great point. I totally agree with Pat and everything he said. Um, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, much as I don't like Ohio State as much, but, I mean, you can't knock them off for the level of recruiting and the athletes to develop and that they mature into and they go in the NFL. Um, I mean, think about another Washington player, um, Terry McLaurin, on the offensive side from Ohio State. He's a phenomenal – have a phenomenal – maybe a little bit less compared to last year, but um, they seem to consistently produce athletes – um, both sides of the football, and um, I mean, look at Justin Fields. I'm sure he'll be top at pick unless something happens. Um, so I'm not sure what it is about Ohio State, but they seem to they're getting 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 it right. Um, I know we, this year we've been talking about Michigan and all the turmoil and disaster and kind of that not the best decision to bring back Harbaugh. Um, another conversation, but yeah, I mean Chase Young. I mean, as a fan, I think it's incredible what he was able to do, do this year. Be team captain, be the leader, and um, maybe we'll see more Ohio State players come in uh, future years on both sides of football. But it's definitely a uh, great thing to see, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, two two great points. I'm excited to see who comes out next and where Justin Fields ends up. Um, So I guess we'll we'll shift. We're getting close to the Super Bowl, but I scan. There's so much news happening. Um, Shift over to the – the quarterback transfers in the NFL, obviously Stafford is with the Rams. Um, I do agree with what a lot of the guys on the NFL network have said and ESPN. I really think that uh, Detroit should have given him more um, as a supporting cast and there's Megatron and other players. But I mean, I think that when Detroit got him, they were really hoping that they were going to get a, 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 an NFL championship. I'm sure that whole organization, we wish him the best of luck with the Rams. Um, and I know Corey, we've talked about Jared Goff. You had him on fantasy, not everything you wanted. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I, I, I don't know if Super Bowl is in the play for next year for the Rams, but I think that they could definitely possibly get to the playoffs. Um, Carson Wentz, though, again, I'm not, we're not Eagles fans, and uh, I don't want him to win a Super Bowl anytime soon. But again, you know, uh, Sam Ponder, Hasselback, you know, everyone on the NFL crew was mentioning it this morning. Doug Peterson is gone. Now Carson Wentz is gone. There were rumors of him even going to Chicago. Foles coming back to Philly. I highly doubt that's going to happen. Jalen Hurts is going to be the starter most likely. Um, but what, I, I just want your perspective from both of you guys. I mean, you look at Wentz's numbers, you know, it's a shame he wasn't able to win that Super Bowl himself. You know, St. Nick came in and won um, against the Patriots. Um, there's been a lot of injuries and talks. And Carson Wentz came from North Dakota State, which is honestly one of the best programs. I think it's F- an FCS. Um, they've won, I think, like eight consecutive national titles or something. And college game has been there a few times. But 
what do you guys think is Wentz's legacy in Philadelphia, and where do you think he could end up next? I think his his legacy is going to be highly disappointing to uh, a lot of Eagles fans when they look back on what they thought they had a couple of years ago. And uh, he's on a monster of a contract right now, and that kind of serves as a good indication for the faith that that organization had in him just a couple of years back. Um, it's definitely going to be sad. It's going to be sad because you're, you're looking at a guy who has all the potential in the world, the physical capabilities. He's 6'5", 240, with good legs, a very accurate arm, pretty much everything you'd want. Um, yet his legacy is going to be as a guy who ha- was had a really good season but got hurt and let Nick Foles win him a Super Bowl, and then a guy who never really realized his potential in Philadelphia after that point. Um, I'm sure, you know, it, it, it's a really tough situation, and we can't undermine the fact that um, it's, it's a tough, tough mental thing to go through what, what Carson Wentz did, um, which is being a leader of, a, of an NFL football team, playing at an MVP level, and then watching your backup go and win the city its first Super Bowl. Um, that's tough, and, and maybe this fresh start is what he's going to need to get his career back on the right track. Um, but it just seems the momentum is, is overwhelmingly negative. And I, my only concern when it comes to Carson Wentz's future is two things. His attitude, because it seems like a lot of these issues that he's had in Philadelphia are partially relationship-driven and difficulties that he's had both with his coaches and, and potentially teammates. Um, and beyond that, I worry about injuries. He, he's a guy who seems to be susceptible to getting hurt. And ultimately in the NFL – especially as the best abilities availability. Um, and that's a, that's a question mark for me looking forward to Carson Wentz. Great point. Yeah. yeah Corey, what I are mean, your thoughts? Like everything Pat said, I mean, I think it's going to be kind of a disappointment, um, disappointing legacy that he's going to leave. Um, I know a couple of Eagles fans, know my coworker, he is really anti Carson <laughs> Wentz. He's glad Doug Peterson's gone. He, he I mean, he's talking about, wanting a new clean slate in Philly. Um, but, I mean, yeah, he drafted high. Um, and it, I mean, of course, the draft will kind of some Eagles fans because of FCS quarterback. Um, but, I mean, he had a great rookie season uh, before he got hurt. Um, and like Pat was saying about the whole, like, watching your backup win the first Super Bowl for your, for your town and city, an NFL team, that's hyper hard to see because he believed that he put all the work in and, had that horrible injury, and then I'm sure he's grateful that the team won, but he kind of – I would think that he would have felt that he wanted that same experience, that victory that he contributed um, rather than, you know, Nick Foles kind of um, saving the day for them. Um, I mean, he had – like I said, Pat was saying that he has talent, he has potential, but it's interesting to see where he goes. I do think he'll land a new NFL team. I'm not sure where. Uh, a lot of people are talking Indianapolis, like you're saying, call it the Bears – uh, maybe San Francisco, but um, it's kind of out there. It's where he's going to land. Um, it's just kind of un- undetermined what's going to happen. I think if he yeah. has the supporting cr- the cast, receivers, run game, uh, the good coach support, and, and a decent defense, I think he can do all right. But, I mean, think about Wentz after 2017. Um, of course, the injury did impact him, but he hasn't had the same numbers of the successful seasons. I mean, he led Philly to the playoffs, um, I believe a year or two ago, and then he got hurt during the preseason, uh, the postseason game against Seattle. Um, and then barely in the se- first, or second quarter. So again, it's injury prone. Maybe he needs kind of the supporting crew, um, well-coached organization. Um, and I'm not sure if, if Philly wants to get some, you know, Philly wants, to, I would think to want some decent draft picks, or in you know, a future draft picks. So they're going to be asking for quite a bit. Um, but I, it does seem that Hertz is going to be the starter. Um, and he looked pretty good, um, you know, in the games that he played in. I was really nervous when he was playing against Washington. Um, because, and then Doug Pearson took him out for no reason. It was like, why would they do that? But, uh, yeah, I get overall, I think it's disappointment that he had potential. The injury did you know, happen, but he wasn't able to sort of bounce back from that. And um, I think a new start will would help him. I just don't know where. But, yeah, like Pat was saying, you know, injury prone. And if he can overcome that, you know, the attitude of I did this for my team and then now it's like they don't want me anymore. So I think all those factors 
to find the right team. Um, it can happen, but I just don't know which one. Yeah, excellent points. I mean, I think Philadelphia was ready to get rid of, uh, I think, Doug Peterson the most, and then probably Wentz. I mean, I think a lot of fans obviously want a clean slate. It is this point. They won their only Super Bowl without Wentz. He wasn't there to lead them all the way. I agree with a lot of what a lot of people are saying and what Pat said, and you also, Corey. You know, a lot there's a lot of mentality, the relationship with the coach, the players, having the supporting cast. I mean, the one thing I, I, I you hope for any player, and I think I did feel bad for Wentz, is just have somebody to block for you. I mean, how many times did we see him get sacked? That definitely had a physical toll on his body, and I'm sure his mentality around a supporting team. So we'll see where he goes. I, I mean, I, I don't think he's going to ever win a Super Bowl, um, but I think that he could have, you know, maybe a few more successful seasons, transition to a commentator role. And um, either way, I mean, he's he has done a lot of good stuff for off the field as well in the community. So Hats off to him for that. And I'm sure there's going to be Philly fans that miss him. But I I mean, if I'm Philadelphia right now, I think it's similar to the Giants and the Redskins. I think forget about the quarterback. You, you have to rely on um, Hertz. Get some offensive linemen like Penny Sewell out of Oregon or some of these big guys to defend, um, you know, Hertz uh, and see what happens. Um, so it'll be interesting to see um and yeah actually now we're we're getting close to the super bowl but again there's so much great content i love that we're doing a take i want to move over to the draft class for 2021 obviously pat and i talked about this i've been doing more research myself there's no official combine which uh is a disappointment because the super bowl is happening um and everything else has really happened there's going to be fans in attendance so we'll see how that affects players but according to mel kuyper jr you know, Trevor Warren is projected at number one. Penny Sewell of Oregon, number two. Micah Parsons, number three. Justin Fields, uh, number four. Jamar Chase, number five. Zach Wilson, number six. So looking at the draft class right now, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Obviously, if, you know, Trevor Warren's ends up the Jaguars and then Urban Myers there, who knows what's going to happen. That's like a Hollywood script out of itself. Um and then, you know, Zach Wilson is a guy that, honestly, I, I'm i curious to see what he does. He kind of could – to me, Zach Wilson is like the, the Justin Herbert of this draft because I think Justin Herbert was really undervalued coming into the draft. Look at the season that he had with the Chargers. You know, they could be potential, you know, playoff contenders next year. So I'm happy to see where Zach Wilson ends up. And then Devontae Smith from Alabama – there's rumors Kyle Pitts could go to the Giants. I would love to see that because we need a strong tight end. Um, but, Pat, we'll, we'll start off with you. Um, let's see. Who who do you – I mean, out of some of the names I've mentioned, you probably know plenty of others. Who do you think is – I don't want to say most prepared to the end of the NFL, but with everything that happens with – has happened with COVID. Who do you, which player do you think is, is ready for that next step? Um, well, uh, if you're going to talk about the quarterback position, uh, which everybody loves to, um, I, I think it's, it's a simple answer, but sometimes a simple answer is the best answer. And that's Trevor Lawrence. Um, Trevor Lawrence, the guy who people have been, uh, you know, uh, going crazy over pretty much since he was in 10th grade for one uh, very specific reason. He is built to be a prototype NFL quarterback. Um, he had a very impressive college career and was able to win a national championship and, you know, came second in the Heisman this year and, and did a lot of great things at Clemson. But I think he's really just, you know, starting to show you a little bit of that potential that he's got long term. I think he's mm -hmm. still refining his mm -hmm. skill set, but he's coming into the NFL. Uh, in my eyes, the most NFL ready quarterback that has come out since Andrew Luck, um, especially for today's NFL. Things that played his advantage is he's a legitimate four six, four six five, forty guy, which is going to help him be, uh, you know, mobile and and escape in the pocket. But at the same time, he can sit back there and at 6'6", see over the line of scrimmage and deliver the ball with accuracy, really unlike anybody we've seen at the college level in a long time. Um, so I think those things are going to really come together. Um, not a ton of weapons down in Jacksonville, but I'm sure Urban Meyer is going to be cooking up some things that are uh, new and, and uh, not before seen at the NFL level. 
Um, so I think they've got a chance of being moderately successful. Um, and I think he could have a Justin Herbert type year where he, he plays very well for a bad team. Um, beyond that, uh, as, as a Giants fan, I would love to see him get, get Kyle Pitts. And he's a guy who I'm really, really excited about. Um, yeah. I was actually just having a conversation with a few friends about this recently. Um, and we were having the debate of in this draft where there's so much elite receiving talent. Do you want the Jamar Chases of the world, the Jalen Waddles of the world, or do you want a Kyle Pitts uh, first and foremost? And I opted for, for Kyle Pitts for this one reason. If you really go back through, through your head and kind of look at the last 20 years, rarely does the team with the best receiver in the league win a Super Bowl. But I can tell you over the last decade between Gronk and, Kel- and Kelsey and Zach Ertz in Philadelphia, um, most of the teams that have had the ability to win NFL championships have had a, a dynamic tight end who can, who can block, who can get out in space. Travis Kelsey is one of the biggest reasons why the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl for the second straight year. Um, so I think a dynamic player at that position is so transformational because of the matchup problems that it brings that, uh, you know, bringing that into, uh, into your offense is invaluable. And I don't know if we get a, a talent like Kyle Pitts every year, um, but what I can tell you is last mm-hmm. year we had a, a rookie class of probably about seven or eight wide receivers that you would say have incredible prospects long-term in the league. So I, I think that the, the great tight end is rarer and more, more valuable than the great receiver. And I think that, uh, you know, as a result, mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts is going to get pushed up on a lot of draft boards. Yeah, I would love to see. I'm really hoping we get Kyle Pitts. Yeah, there. I mean, uh, Corey, anything else? Uh, Pat said almost everything I was going to say. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> I'll try to think of some another player that's different. Uh, but trying to kick back off, I mean Lawrence is no brand for the Jaguars. I mean if they don't pick him, I think that's a kind of one of the biggest decisions in their franchises. Um, I'd love if Washington would get Kyle Pitts, but there's no way on earth he's going to last that long in the draft. Um, but I guess I'll try to piggyback on receivers. I was a really big fan of Devontae Smith. I know he's small and. Not the biggest receivers, but he's so quick and agile and was able to, um, for his size and with the Heisman, I think, um, for Alabama, I think if he does go to Miami, I think that would be a great connection, um, of course, back with Tua. I mean, the Dolphins had a really decent year. I mean, I know Fitz, Fitzpatrick's probably a little bit disappointed they didn't get to play. Um, but I think Devontae Smith can, if he goes to the Miami – uh, can bring another dimension for Miami that they were kind of missing this year. Um, I mean, Fitz, Fitzpatrick had his magic in these games. Uh, Tua, I mean, he didn't have stellar performance season, but he had pretty solid year. Um, but I think giving Miami um, another weapon would be Devontae Smith. I liked him a lot at Alabama, uh, especially incredible in the championship game, um, for what he can do. And he can take hits. He, I mean, he could take hits for a guy his size. So, um, aside from Lawrence and Pitts, I like Devontae Smith um, as one of the better receivers, along with Jamar Chase. But I think uh, Devontae Smith can bring in another unique uh, dimension to a lot of teams. And uh, let, let's see where he goes in the draft. I mean, I, I think Smith Smith's elite route yeah, running, too, like, is just yeah. something that you got to love if you're an NFL GM because that's really one of the main reasons why he separated himself as the best in the country during his later years at Alabama. Um, this is a guy who hung around for four years. He's not something you see a lot within that Alabama program, but he took that time to become a master of his craft. And really, like, if, if you sit down and you watch his technique, getting off the ball, getting out of jams, uh, that kind of stuff is invaluable at the, at the NFL level, and I think it's going to lead to him having some real success early on in his career. So I love that analysis. Mm. Yeah, great job. I love it all. It's it's very good, well said by both of you. It's going to be an exciting year for the draft uh, to see who comes out. I'm I'm really looking forward to it, and uh, definitely with Pat, I I hope we get Kyle Pitts, man, because <laughs> I'd love to buy that jersey, and I think he would be fun to watch. Um, so obviously, and then one more point I just want to mention before we get into the Super Bowl. Um, obviously, you know, this season, um, quite a year for coaches, not only to deal with co, you know, regular coaching, but COVID and everything else. And, you know, Bruce Arians, Andy Reid, you know, Sean Payton, uh, you know, Ron Rivera, so many guys in the NFL have 
have kept things together and check. And it's been really nice to see. Um, I look at, you know, the list of teams right now in the NFL. And to me, I think the coach that is really going to be, in my opinion, facing the most pressure next season is Sean Payton. Obviously, we, I mean, it would be a shock if Breeze decides to play. It doesn't look like he's going to do that. Hats off to Drew Breeze. What an amazing career. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. I'm going to miss watching him on Sundays. Um, and again, a team that I think has really had the worst luck the past few seasons is the, the, the Saints. You know, you go back to that 2018 call against the Rams with that hit towards the end of the game um, and everything else they've had to deal with. So to me, Sean Payton, I know he's dealing with a lot right now. I mean, to be completely honest, I don't think Jameis Winston is the answer. I'm not a huge fan of him. I know he was great at Florida State, but I just don't know if he has it yet. And and if I'm the Saints, I, you know, again, Tyreek, you know, you have Hill. I, I think I'm going to take a quarterback this year. I think you need to. I mean, that would be crazy if, like, Wentz ended up in, in New Orleans. I, ha- I doubt that's going to happen, but – do you guys see, besides maybe Payton or not, um, you know, any coach, you know, that you think next season may not necessarily be on the hot seat, but really needs to to bring his team together? Um, for to for me, success? I'm thinking of one guy, and that's Sean McVay. Um, everybody's really applauding this massive move that they made uh, to acquire Matt Stafford, um, which I think, you know, on paper is going to pay dividends for them going into next season. But you have to remember that the Rams have been a pretty good team in the, in, over the past few years with Jared Goff. Um, if they take a slide as soon as they get Matt Stafford, all of a sudden there's a lot of heat on that organization that gave up two future first-round draft picks and a third-round draft pick. And they're supposed to be the future. Now, I know not a ton of, uh, of Rams fans in Los Angeles. Well, I don't know if there are a ton of Rams fans in Los Angeles, but I don't know if a ton of Rams fans were fully bought into Jared Goff. But at the same time, that is a guy who, who is very young, who had already taken your team to a Super Bowl and has shown the ability to play at a, at a Pro Bowl level and play winning football. Um, I know you, you don't like the, uh, the divisional round exit this year, under Jared Goff, but at the same time, he did lead you to a 10-6 and six season, and uh, he's young, and they really effectively gutted the future of the team by going full win now under Matt Stafford. Now, I, I love Matt Stafford. I'm a believer, and I do think the experiment is going to work, but Matt Stafford has never won consistently throughout his career um, when he was in Detroit. Um, if there's any sort of slide back, um, it, it could be a real tough situation in Sean McVay uh, where he's explaining why he he you know mortgaged his future to go all in on winning now and wasn't able to get it done. Yeah, yeah, great point. Yeah, yeah, yeah I Corey. Mean, any I mean, other McVay's, thoughts, or um, you're pretty sold? Because they they don't have a first round pick next. Um, I believe next three or four years, if not more. Um, and Stafford, yeah, he said success, but in terms of playoffs and consistent success um it's kind of up and down the road uh, throughout his career but i guess another coach or team i'm gonna kind of i'm not on the hot seat but i'm looking for like some developments um and in some ways maybe kind of disappointing this year um i want to say arizona cardinals uh, cliff kingsbury i thought that this year that mm. i know it's a tough division that, that san francisco seattle and la rams but I thought a lot, a lot of people thought that the Kyle Murray and the, and the Cardinals, all these weapons, and DeAndre Hopkins were uh, going to take another get in the playoffs. Um, I know Rivers, Murray's kind of banged up this year, um, but they, I mean, they're kind of up and down this year in terms of losing the teams that they shouldn't have lost to and winning some good games. They beat Buffalo, but then they have some bad losses to Carolina. I believe they lost to New England. Um, and like I thought that they would be, you know, pretty successful at least getting the playoffs. But you know, I know they lost the Rams in the year with the two backward quarterbacks at the end. But I don't know. I'm kind of interested to see what Kingsbury, how he can kind of. I know he's offensive coach, but I think if they want to win, win more games and not just rely on Murray to you know be crafty, um, it's to kind of revamp that defense a bit and um, not put so much pressure in the offense with Murray and Hopkins um, and Drake at running back, but look for ways to win, win games, but not just relying on the offense. So 
not saying it's the hot seat, but I'm looking, you know, maybe thought people thought that this team should have taken a step this year. But it seemed that I mean they did improve, but it wasn't the improvement that that I guess maybe people at least me thought they were gonna be at. Maybe being kind of harsh or kind of not really um looking at it in a different way, but I don't know. I'm hoping for the Cardinals to kind of take another step, but it seemed that they, they kind of were disappointing in some aspects this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Great points overall. Great points. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, but all right, we'll, we'll get to the big show, the Super Bowl. Um, I love the buildup for this conversation. So obviously Super Bowl 55 in Tampa, the chiefs and the bucks, um, you know, to, to Skip Bayless, who always cracks me up watching national television for Undisputed, uh, quoted um, a movie, actually, and the main actress is engaged to Aaron Rodgers. But he said, you know, we're we're witnessing the spectacular now um, in terms for, you know, Mahomes, Brady, the first Super Bowl at the top offensive teams, Andy Reid, you know, has a chance to win another Super Bowl in Florida. Um, his other Super Bowl was with the um, Eagles before the Chiefs. Um, and I think, again, it's remarkable to see a team put together with no preseason, no training camp, Fournette comes in, and the Bucks have made it, and they can be the first team to win a Super Bowl that hosts it. And then you have the Chiefs, who are, again, went off the wall this season, Mahomes, Kelsey, all their weapons. Um, so, yeah, we'll start off with Pat, and then we'll go to Corey. Well, well I'm going to, you know, who do you think wins today? And uh, um, I'm hoping to not let my uh, my subconscious bias filter into this take because I am full disclosure rooting for Tom Brady to win a seventh Super Bowl. And um, I think it would just be fantastic history. And <laughs> when you're in a, a situation where you're watching greatness like never seen before, I feel like we all have an obligation to just kind of respect it and uh, encourage it while we still have the opportunity to watch. Um I, with that being said, I do think that the uh, the Buccaneers are going to win. I started out pretty bearish on the Buccaneers uh, when they when they first won the, the conference championship game, and I uh, decided they're they're going to play the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I was initially leaning towards the Chiefs, but a couple of factors have kind of swayed me more towards the Bucks. And the biggest one that I'm looking at right now that I don't know if it's got enough uh, media attention is the uh, the the potential DUI. Uh, uh, a car accident situation going on with Andy Reid's son. Mm-hmm. Um, he's uh, an mm-hmm. assistant coach on the mm-hmm. coaching staff. Early in this week, he got a, a, D, a potential DUI and actually hit a car and sent a couple of kids to the hospital and put them into critical condition. Yeah. Um, it's, it's obviously mm-hmm. a ter- terrible yeah, situation terrible and saying prayers for you know both the families that were involved in the accident and, and uh, Andy Reid's son, and hopefully he can you know get whatever help or, or justice he needs. Um, but I think that's a really difficult distraction to go through during the week of the Super Bowl. Um, not only is that something that's going to directly impact your, your coaching staff by losing a coach in the run up to the game, but on top of that, you know, that's going to weigh psychiatrically on Andy Reid as he's preparing. So I think that's a very difficult situation that they're going to have to overcome. And second, I've just been really paying attention to the kind of way that the Buccaneers defense has been playing. And I think that there's a good chance that, they could, you know, mount a better opposition to Patrick Mahomes than we've seen uh, much at all this season. Um, I think they're a team that's playing inspired. They remind me in some levels of the, you know, 07 Giants who made the run uh, from the wild card all the way to the Super Bowl. I just feel like the team seems ex- inspired. And uh, belief is a really big thing. You know, Tom Brady, more than anything, brought belief into that very talented Buccaneers locker room. And it, it's, it's showing right now. It's paying dividends. And I think it's a very dangerous thing to play a team who's hot at the right time, who believes that they can win. So that's why I'm leaning towards the Bucks right now. But I might feel differently come kickoff. Who knows? Yeah, great, great yeah, point. Mean, Excellent point. Uh, Corey, what do you, what do you a think? Lot of, uh, a lot of hype. And both teams are playing hot in their own ways. Um, I mean, with Kansas City, looking at them, they were able to rally against the Browns. Uh, when Holmes been out for the game, um, Chad Henney had that incredible run. I mean, of course, Cleveland, I think, should have capitalized my opportunity, but um, they got it done. And they shut down Buffalo pretty well. I, I was going for Buffalo, and I thought Buffalo had a chance to beat them, but Josh Allen, you know, wasn't maybe not quite ready for that stage yet. But um, they shut him down pretty well. And then, looks like Pat was saying, the Bucks. 
incredible run. I mean, every game they've won on the road. I mean, they've been close games, but they've won them in pretty decent fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, playing home crowd, not quite the home and home fans uh, atmosphere, but first time in history playing home environment. Um, you have the veteran. Uh, I won't say like a Star Wars Jedi versus Padawan. I don't think quite a Padawan anymore. Uh, but <laughs> It's 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 a future, you know. It's first like the um, the rising star Mahomes versus I want to say Brady's done. I mean, I'm sure he wants to play more, but versus a quarterback who's had this longevity over 20 year career success. Um, I don't think anyone is going to be like Tom Brady, unless there's a a new somewhere in the future. Uh, but I don't think a quarterback, even Mahomes. I'm not sure if he won six Super Bowls. Um, I don't really see it happening, but all that being said, I mean, I, I don't want the. I guess I want rather have the chiefs win because I know Tom Brady's won a lot and it is greatness, but I do, I guess maybe some people like to see new teams, um, win at this, you know, win Super Bowls. Um, the only reason why I would pick the chiefs is because I've only a few losses that the, the Buccaneers had, um, at home. I mean, no, this is not a typical home game, but, the only law, the loss of this year kind of, kind of sh- shocked me in a way. I mean, I, of course, I didn't expect to go sixteen and zero, but um, both the losses against the Saints and the home loss against the Chiefs. Um, and I did, be- I do believe the Bears beat the Buccaneers as well. Um, but I don't know. The, the, some of those games that they they lost in, they just kind of didn't seem to get their groove. I know Pat was saying that that they were kind of maybe weren't really. Uh, I guess finding their groove, finding their team chemistry yet, but and now they seem they've got it, which is very dangerous to play a team that's like on the money, everything's in sync, everything's um, in motion. Um, but I do think Mahomes finds a way to win. I do think the Chiefs defense may force turnover or stop Tom Brady um, somehow, some way. But I don't think it will be easy. Uh, I think the game could be potentially high scoring. Um, but somehow I see Mahomes coming on top. I'm not sure how. Maybe it's a defensive or turnover or pick six or whatever. Maybe that's – I'm not sure that happened. But I do see the Chiefs coming on top. Um, and um, it's going to be an exciting game, though. But, again, it's, it's hard to say, though, the score and whatnot. But I do see the Chiefs coming on top. But I think the three-point line is currently where it stands right now. I think that's very accurate to say. If not closer, but I, I see the Chiefs coming out of the top in a very close and competitive game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. Um, I was initially kind of leaning towards the, the the Chiefs, but I'm with the Bucks for a few reasons. Okay, a I'm a Giants fan. I Pat and I can agree we love beating Tom Brady. Uh, the 07 for sure. Who could ever forget that? And then also in '11. And but I, I just think a there was this great analogy and this I, I love what Skip and uh, Shannon said the other day on their show and they were comparing obviously Brady to Jordan and talking about rings and championships but I think you know look uh, Michael Jordan what you play six or seven games to decide a championship this is one game and I think in the situation if we had to put Brady and play five games to win a championship or play one game, I think Brady gets it done. And I think he just knows he has to give it all that he's got to win win the championship. Um, and also, you know, a, another factor as well, you know, you look at history on the line and different things happening. Um, again, you know, 2007, uh, when the Patriots played the Giants, the Patriots could have been the first team in NFL history since – the Dolphins to go undefeated and win the Super Bowl. Now the Bucks have a chance to become the first team ever to win at their home field. So I think there's a lot of momentum riding. And then if you look at it as well, I mean, uh, look at this defense. We, uh, I think Pat and I agree. I wish we saw Jason Pierre-Paul. He's been a monster. Uh, Devin White, um, Shaquille Barrett, you know, Carlton uh, Davis. Uh, so I, I think defense is on the side of – of the bucks right now. And it's going to be interesting to um, see what happens. I'm, I'm really curious, you know, 
what's going to happen at halftime in both locker rooms. But I think that as long as um, as long as you know the defense of the Buccaneers can force Mahomes maybe to run a little more, and if they can contain Travis Kelsey and the rest of that lineup. And here's a funny thing: I don't know what the bets would be like on this, you know, as a but imagine if the MVP of the game for uh, if the Bucks win the Super Bowl, imagine if the MVP of the game isn't Tom Brady, but it's Fournette. <laughs> imagine if Fournette runs for over a hundred yards and really picks up this team, which I think is a possibility because we know both of these quarterbacks are going to face pressure when passing. So Fournette could, could well become the MVP of the game or maybe Evans, you know, Mike Evans. But I just think the history, the way that Brady just knows that you have to, you only can get one shot at this. And I think, you know, again, I tend to look at the chiefs as having all-star lineups. You know, they have the big flashy players, I think the Bucks in this case have a little more depth where they can rely on guys to really step up. And um, again, I think the Buck, I think the Bucks get it done, and we'll see what happens. But I, I, it's gonna be, it's gonna be an interesting game to watch. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, my final question, <laughs> I'll actually, I have a final question, and then I have a trivia fact. But my final question, we'll start off with Pat. And then go to Corey's. Uh, what's your? To this I mean, game, your favorite that's Super Bowl, that's an easy question for me. Um, as a Giants fan, a diehard Giant fan, who went to training camp his entire life, um, that 07 Super Bowl, Super Bowl 40, 42. Um, I like to think of the the connection, that end of yep. perfection, as I call it, mm-hmm. uh, from Eli Manning to David Tyree, um, mm-hmm. and just you know, I think that Super Bowl goes down as the greatest Super Bowl of all time. Um, just the the factors leading into that game were unbelievable. The the underdog mm-hmm. story of the Giants versus uh, you know the Goliath Patriots who who came into the game at 18, 18 and zero. Um, so that that really for me could never be touched. And the crazy thing is, um, I think back to you know my life in sports, and I've got to you know win some amazing things on my own. But I can tell you, I was just as happy as a, as a fourth grader watching that Giants Super Bowl victory as I was as a you know 19 year old for the first college national championship I got to got to be a part of so um, that that's a special day and one of the greatest days of my life yeah, yeah I mean excellent I guess point. You know, that's, that's awesome I haven't really that. seen, how about you Corey? I mean, a lot of team I mean I haven't seen a Washington I've never seen a Washington Super Bowl because they have not been to Super Bowl um in the century and mm-hmm. um I mean yeah because Tom Brady has been kind of the Super Bowl spotlight um, the past 20 years, um, I mean, it was great seeing Manning win his first Super Bowl, but as a non-biased, as a Super Bowl fan of someone who loves football and enjoys watching football, I will say that Giants-Patriots 0-7-1, um, I mean, in terms of, like Pat was saying, Dave versus Goliath, a team that, you know, barely, the Giants that barely got in the playoffs, overcame adversity, winning on the road, beating Green Bay, Brett Favre, and then... Taking down the Patriots, we thought, okay, undefeated, you know, reclaim history, best record of all time, overpass the 22 Dolphins, but they were able to do it. And it, it's inspiration to all sports that no matter what team you are, what team you're on, no matter who you're playing against, any given day you can compete and win. Um, and they proved the entire world. And um, I mean, as a Washington fan, but I think Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer, he should be a Hall of Famer whenever he gets in, in, inducted. And um, that's memorable. Just a football game itself, that is inspirational and an awesome performance game. So I'll say in that one, um, in terms of Super Bowl and just football performance, that tops it off. Yeah. I, I always think about that Super Bowl. I loved it watching on the couch or in my jersey and, I'll remember it forever. My favorite moment of all time as a Giants fan to see overcoming every all those obstacles <laughs> to beat the Patriots. And I think just uh, I miss that team so much. First of all, Tom Coughlin, love the guy, what a coach. Michael Strahan, you know, Tom, all those players, I mean, they, they, they played their hearts out. And I, you can rewatch that clip, Eli Manning, a million times. And you think about the chances of him able to, able to get the ball out at that moment. And then to land it on the helmet um, of Tyree, it's just like that, that will never happen again. There's, there's no explanation to it. And then that drive down the field. So it was 
amazing to see. And then, you know, not only that, but then to beat a team two times in a different Super Bowl, then in an 11 was awesome. It really, I think, solidified this Giants-Patriots rivalry, which I, I don't think is going to be the same for a while because Brady did leave, and I think that was a big factor. Um, but it was awesome to watch. And, again, this Super Bowl is going to be interesting. I actually had uh, thoughts a few minutes ago of, of uh, the only other Super Bowl that I can really remember that has these type of factors with a great veteran who actually just got inducted into the Hall of Fame and a young superstar who I think maybe hasn't achieved all he's wanted to, but at the time was one of the hottest in the NFL was when um, Manning uh, beat Cam Newton. So it's going to be interesting to see if Mahomes loses, what his post-game conference is going to be like, um, because I know with Newton it was, uh, I don't think it was his finest hour. I know he was very disappointed, but I think, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. And then my, I guess I was looking up the Super Bowl trivia. Um, and uh, I guess we'll say, because I know obviously Corey is a big fan of this team, but I know I want to find a question that. All right. So we'll, we'll ask this one. Who? It's Tom Brady. Who was the oldest player to play in a Super Bowl? Uh, <laughs> yes. Does anyone know? Does anyone know? Sorry. So uh, does anyone know uh, before kicker. that, the previous um, old held record before Brady? Oh. That's right. Colts, Matt Stover took the field for the Super Bowl at 42 years old. Um, wow. And uh, he was actually, when it was with the Buccaneers. Yep. So actually, no, he was with the, he was with the Colts, but the Buccaneers made the Super Bowl. They won it. And then Corey, for you, actually, I saw this. I didn't know it. The, only the player huh. that has the most rushing yards in a Super Bowl was Timmy Smith when the Redskins won it. 42 10 over the uh, Broncos. Lewis. He had 100, uh, 204 rushing them, yards yeah. and two touchdowns. Uh, out to him, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So some Super Bowl trivia in there, but guys, coming up on 52 minutes on the hour. Amazing, amazing take. Uh, I want to thank you both for, for coming on the air on this big Sunday. Enjoy watching the game. Hey, thanks so much. Always a lot of fun. Both uh, on soon love, again. You know, a little sports discussion with you boys. Um, I say this every time, but I'm faithful that we're going to do this in person at some point, and uh, I will uh, seriously enjoy that moment. But for, but for now, it's, uh, yes. it's a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to meet you guys. I mean, see you guys in person, definitely. Uh, whatever venue it is, um, and uh, no, it's great. Uh, great discussion as always. Uh, hopefully. You guys um, <clears throat> watch the game, uh, have a good time with, you know, hope a lot of food and um, hope love to see a good game and good to have them show. Looking forward to the weekend, seeing their performance. Um, Absolutely. I, I like you leading in with blinding lights. Uh, I, I know. Yeah. That's, that's a that's double gonna be see, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but, but like, yeah, I had, I had to include that. I'm, I'm excited for the show and uh, hats off to him, not only for that, but actually, putting up 7 million of his own dollars to, to, to make it happen. So it's going to be fun, but yeah, thank you both. I'm excited when we can all meet in person, everybody in